Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, 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 yo. Welcome back. It is mock season, mock draft, rookie mock draft. Number two with me, Cody Carpentier, and your boy, Maddie Kiwum at Maddie Kiwum on Twitter. What's up? Been a few weeks, Maddie. We got that number. We got that first one out of the, out of the way. Uh-huh. It's been a few weeks. Now we're back, and now we're going to start rolling these out every single week. Mm-hmm. Midweek mocks with Maddie Kiwum. That's what, that's what I'm going to call that shit. How okay. Okay, I mean, you got a lot of M's in that title, which means it's M's, go all the M's. M's, M's, all M's. First of all, I got to say one thing. It, it's been a couple weeks for a reason. Dude, I am incredibly proud of what you've done for yourself and for Player Profiler. I mean, boots on the ground and mobile at the Senior Bowl, rubbing elbows with Adam Schefter and company, the fine folks, the fantasy football people over in Phoenix for the Super Bowl. My man, absolutely killing the damn game. I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate you, brother. I, I noticed you didn't see Ian Rappaport there because uh, there was no Ian Rappaport video that was to be posted. Was he there? Yeah, I don't know. I guess he might have been. He might have, you know. Schefter at least answered my question. <laughs> uh, I mean, he would he, clearly he went to the Bill Belichick school of answering questions because – uh, my man, my man, straight pulled the Neo. You shot the bullet here, straight dodge that thing, my man. Yeah, that was uh, that was good though. It was good. I appreciate I appreciate you giving me my flowers, man. That's uh, it was a good time. We're just trying to bring this, bring everybody to the top. That's kind of the the big goal is to bring this whole thing. I think that's when you come to the meetings on Thursday and you the conversations and stuff. You you kind of see it all. So mm-hmm. don't get too sappy into that. It's uh it's a the long the long goal is to get everybody up to the top, and that's uh it takes time. It takes time. So oh, for sure. appreciate everybody in the chat. If you're in the chat, if you're listening along, click that like, click the subscribe button here on the boob tube so we can keep on doing these streams every single week. Last time got like 2.6, 2.6k, not too bad, not too bad. Mm-hmm. If you remember right though. I said if we get a hundred likes on this video, Maddie Keywoom's gonna do a mock draft. We got ninety-seven. Oh. <laughs> well, we need a hundred today, ladies and gents. So what we need you to do. I'm gonna put the link to the last YouTube video in okay. the description after the show. I just need you to go back there, click like a couple times because I need my boy Maddie K to do some NFL mock drafting with me. Because today we're gonna be going over over my mock draft 3.0, three rounds of the NFL mock draft. 
You can find that on playerprofile.com or down below in the description on the YouTube. We're going to be doing a rookie mock, two rounds, the first 24 picks with that mock. And I think I can share my example right here. Share this tab instead. And then pop it up on the screen. You can see right here are some of the picks uh, that we'll be going over. So just a slow recap of the um, NFL uh fantasy fantasy focused prospects that we're going to be picking through here right now this is all fantasy fantasy relevant guys you can see will levis cj stroud bryce young anthony richardson going to the houston texans quentin johnson to washington all the way down through the end of round three where michael wilson goes pick 103 to the san francisco 49ers so these will be the players that we'll be drafting with and 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 why so Later on, when we're going through these picks, you'll be like, well, why the hell did you pick Luke Musgrave here? It's because he went 49th overall to the Detroit Lions in this mock. It's a hypothetical landing spot that we're going to be drafting after tonight in this draft. Maddie, should we get to drafting? Let's get to drafting, my friend. All right, Maddie's on the clock with the number one pick. What are you thinking? Okay, so based on these landing spots, one thing that's a little different from your Mach 2.0 to your Mach 3.0. First of all, are you trying to troll me? Uh, my bold take was four QBs went in the first four picks. I'm looking at your Mach. You only have one. Are you trying to, you trying to push your boys' buttons? Try to get me a little uh, little crazy here to start? Hey, man. Hey, man, just doing my job. Just doing your job. No, but one <laughs> thing I will say about 2.0 to 3.0 is there is a quarterback landing spot that will, in my opinion, push for the 101. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to reveal who that is because I want him to fall to me at 103 because I am going to stick to my guns uh, and I will take Bijan Robinson to start this draft. Uh, you got him going in the first round of the Cowboys. And I know what people say when it comes to quarter uh, running backs going in the first round, you know, it's kind of blasphemy. But when I look and think about the past, the last time the, the Cowboys did such a thing, it was with Zeke. And mm -hmm. Zeke started his career with four seasons in which he finished inside the top six. In the three seasons since, he hasn't finished anything worse than 22 on a points-per-game basis. If I can get that type of consistency because they're going to a landing spot like the Cowboys, I'm going to let his – I'm hoping history repeats itself, so give me Bijan, the supreme uh, prospect, going to the boys. So the idea behind that pick for me, putting Bijan with the Detroit – or with the Dallas Cowboys is exactly what you just said. It's – I mean, Zeke is out, right? Zeke's gone, I think. And it's going to be – I think we're looking forward to Bijan and a Tony Pollard backfield where Tony Pollard, we love him, but he's, I mean, they're not going to roll out Tony Pollard with, uh, you know, Rico Dowdle and uh, Simi uh, – what the hell is his old name? I can't remember. The, anyway, they're not going to roll him out with some nobodies, right? They're, Malik they, they Davis or whatever. Malik Davis. Yeah, remember Malik Davis who uh, got the snaps over Damian Pierce at Florida? They're not going to roll Pollard out with those guys because it's just Pollard's not that type of a, a guy. So I think you bring in Bijan. Exit stage left is uh, Zeke, and uh, I think you're going to have a, a very uh, good next probably eight years. It's going to mm -hmm. be just going from – Zeke to Bijan, two all-time college running backs. Um, so, yeah, I like that. And obviously at the one-on-one, -on -one, we've talked about this before. The one-on-one, -on -one, you can't go wrong. Even this is super flex draft right here. This is mm -hmm. a rookie super flex draft. You can't go wrong at the one-on-one -on -one getting Bijan. I know uh, the quarterback position is very important in super flex, but Bijan, I mean, I've seen – like my comp was Cam Akers, what Cam Akers wanted to be. 
but I've seen some some crazy ones out there. Some Edron James, like the real ones. Remember Edron James? He's a motherfucker. So you seriously, yeah, seriously. I mean, we're talking. I, th- I think Bijan is going to be special, and I think he's going to warrant that one on one pick. But at the one hundred and two, it is Superflex. So I'm tempted to go quarterback, but I think that my quarterback will be back at the two hundred and two, or the one hundred and four. Sorry. So right here, right now, I'm going to go with one Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. Oh, man. See, I thought I was going to be bold because I was planning on taking this man super early because I love the landing spot. So I am so excited to hear what you have to say for JSN going 102. Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. Again, we're going off of this mock draft 3.0, three rounds. You can find that on playerprofire.com or pinned to the top of my Twitter, at CarpenterNFL on Twitter. 22 overall to the Los Angeles Chargers, Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. I had no wide receivers mocked in the top 15, and then five go off the board between picks 16 and 31. Jackson, Smith, and Jigba right in the middle there goes to the Chargers. Sometimes you have to do the things that you prefer not to do, and the Chargers are $22 million over the cap by releasing and trading Keenan Allen. It enables them to try to do, try to do, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, but they're going to try to do what Minnesota did with moving on from Diggs, trading him, if they release Keenan Allen, whichever way, and then drafting Justin Jefferson. And by no no means am I saying Justin Jefferson and Jackson Smith and Jigba are comparable, but I think that Jackson Smith and Jigba and Keenan Allen are comparable. PPR monsters, Jackson Smith and Jigba fits great in this offense, and I mm-hmm. think it gives them – Keenan Allen's one of the most underrated wide receivers of the last decade, but I think Jackson Smith and Jigba does give them a little more juice in this offense. And it, we're talking about seamless replacements, you know, going from Zeke to Bijan. I can't think of a more seamless transition than Keenan Allen to JSN. Yeah. Talking about guys who can win, you know, win their routes, guys who can make plays after catching the ball. So I think this is a dynamite pick. I really, really like this landing spot. He would shoot up my draft uh, board with that landing spot. But I'm going to go up next here. The clock is a ticking, so I have to make a selection. And I am going with the the, the biggest difference, uh, in my opinion, from – the 2.0 to the 3.0 and that's cj stroud i loved him in 2.0 i think he was the first quarterback that i selected in the 2.0 but here going to the uh detroit lions wheels up i love this type of passer he reminds me a lot of a jared goff you know a guy Mm -hmm. who was criticized for his lack of mobility but who could make all the throws in college and i think you could take that profile kind of multiply it a bit and you get cj stroud so putting him around amon ra Putting him around, you know, the running backs, DJ, you know, DeAndre Swift and and Jameson Williams. This guy can absolutely ball out there. And even if I have to wait a year for Jared Goff to kind of play out his his tenure for the Lions, I'll do it because I think this dude has a. I think this is the type of landing spot that can truly give him the really really high ceiling that we want from rookie quarterbacks. One hundred percent. And I think exactly. It's just one of those things with with the the, the cap hit, the dollar amount. I don't think that these guys are far off. I mean, I think C.J. Stroud's pretty comparable to a Teddy Bridgewater type. Teddy Bridgewater isn't far off from a Jared Goff. Uh, obviously, Goff was a top-five pick in his own right. Um, number two, I think, overall, right? Yeah. Um, oh, no, he uh, went one overall. No. Wentz went. Oh, he went in front of Wentz, didn't he? My bad. Yeah. Um, but anyway, my point more being is that Goff was good enough himself. Stroud's better. And I got some comments in the in the comment section on Twitter that were like, does he really elevate this offense? Yeah, he's going to elevate it enough. Goff is good, but Stroud is just a tick better. He's got more talent under his belt. And I think putting him in this offense just elevates you a little bit more. Goff does carry a $30 million cap at each of the next two seasons. 
save money, build your team. The, mm-hmm. the, the unit is built. They need to take advantage of this window and inserting a CJ Stroud. And yes, if, if golf stays this year and they let Stroud take a few weeks or whatever the hell happens, right? The golf plays the first six and they're like, all right, golf, man, you're getting dogged in practice by Stroud. We got to start Stroud next week. And then elevate, mm-hmm. you can see that elevate that offense uh, in, 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 in any given week. And then obviously golf is gone next year. And that's when you start going the Detroit. I mean, if it clicks, I mean, it's, it's, it's gone time with, I think CJ Stroud in Detroit. And I, I love that landing spot. A lot of people don't love that landing spot, but I love it. Yeah, I think that landing spot, you know, I think it kind of makes uh, team builders upset in fantasy because what it is going to make them do is have to recalibrate. I think a lot of people are depending on Jared Goff in fantasy, especially in your two QB or Superflex, yeah. where they're comfortable as him as their quarterback, too. They, they're really, really excited to have him there. And if they bring in a guy like CJ Stroud, all of a sudden, Jared Goff becomes expendable he becomes benchable he becomes all these things i think that people who roster are super afraid of i think that's kind of the pushback because when you see landing spots there is no better landing spot in my opinion than linking a guy like stroud with ben johnson in this offense Mm -hmm. i like it i like it i'm gonna stay at quarterback here at the 104 in our draft this is my second pick and i'm gonna go with my guy um it, it, <laughs> I'm gonna go with my. I I, I I like these guys so much. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Will Levis here, oh, and the the reason being is that Will Levis is that dude, mm-hmm. and I liked the the hiring the hiring that they had last week after the Super Bowl, right? So Shane Steichen was the offensive coordinator and the quarterbacks coach from 2016 to 2020 in Los Angeles with the Chargers. Justin Herbert, six mm-hmm. foot six, two hundred thirty seven pounds. 64.0% college completion percentage. Offensive coordinator in Philadelphia, 2021. Jalen Hurts, 6'1", 222. 65% completion percentage in college. Can run the ball. And now he's the head coach in Indianapolis, and they hold that number four overall pick. Will Levis just happens to be 6'3", just between those two guys, and 232 pounds just between those two guys with a career 64.9% completion percentage. Will Levis, not only does those all those numbers mix up well, and, and not only does Will Levis get the same disrespect that Hertz and Herbert got coming out of college, but Will Levis, obviously I've said this a million point seven times on this, Will Levis is the strongest arm in this class, and this team needs a quarterback worse than ever. And even though Jim Irsay tweets about Bryce Young, that does not mean they're taking Bryce Young. If you take everything Jim Irsay says for, for gospel, um, I love and Jim Jeff Irsay. Saturday would be the head coach if you took it, everything Irsay said as gospel. I love, yeah, I was going to say, I love Jim Mercy, but I mean, he is also very good at tweeting. So uh, I'm just going <laughs> to roll with that. And I'm going to say Will Levis here at the, at the 104. And that's going to be my quarterback. Great pick. Definitely was going to be my pick if he fell uh, to me here. I like the big arm with the big time receivers. You know, you got yeah. Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce, and, you know, not to spoil alert, but if you look down in Cody's Mark 3.0, Josh Downs is the chef's kiss perfect accent to this wide receiver room two big guys on the outside that can make moss play after moss play and you got got to get a, you get a guy like downs who can work the middle of the field mm-hmm. i know people will probably say well they had paris campbell and didn't work why would josh downs work i think paris campbell is a little bit more raw maybe a better athlete but i don't yep. think he was as refined as downs and downs when i look at his tape he looks like he could be the guy that is so good in the slot that he could elevate the touches for the guys on the outside. So give me the quarterback at the helm of all this. I love it. Well, think about like a year ago in that same spot, they took Alec Pierce. They got that guy. They're going to put him out. They're going to force him out there until he mm-hmm. fails. They got Michael Pittman on their side. 
like you mentioned, Paris Campbell, he's going to go get paid probably this summer. The yeah. Colts aren't going to bring him back. T.Y. Hilton, that experiment, obviously, it's over with. It's done with. He was a great. He was the GOAT in yeah. Indianapolis. But they need somebody for that spot. That's the big thing. Who's going to fill that spot? And uh, you'll we'll see where he goes here in a minute. But Josh Downs paired up with Will Levis, Pittman, running back Jonathan Taylor. I mean, I don't love Alec Pierce, but he's a pretty damn good number three, number four option. Yes. So. I mean, at the very least, a decoy. Somebody yeah. who you have to at least respect on the outside. And Michael Pittman was catching balls of, over defensive backs when Dusty Ass, Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, and Matt Ryan yep. were, was chucking on the rock. He could absolutely do it with a young arm yep. that has an absolute rocket cannon like Will Levis. So I love that pick. That was who I wanted. So now I have to pivot to my my safety blanket, the my binky, if you will, as we do these mocks. And that's absolutely Bryce Young love the landing spot you know landing falling all the way to nine there wouldn't be I mean that is the the clouds opening up and the angel coming down with the harp for the Carolina Panthers they don't got to trade up and they can still get a guy who I think gives them a very safe floor something they're not used to you're talking about Baker Mayfield Sam Donald these dudes had floors below the surface of the earth and now you get a guy with Bryce Young who can come in, and he might not be able to be as electric as you want at the ninth overall pick, but he can move this offense. He can get the ball going, and you, you know, pair him up with Frank Reich, a guy who can develop quarterbacks. I really, really like that. Now, if you need a little bit of help, Bryce, your boy knows how to eat a little bit, so come find me. I can help you put on them pounds before the draft, before the combine, if you need it. I was really, really, really hoping you weren't going to take my guy here, and you didn't. You took Bryce, who I think everybody knows I'm not the highest on. But nope. I do love the lane spot of Bryce Young in mm-hmm. Carolina. I think he, he fits well into this offense where Frank Reich, he wants to get his guy. I think Bryce Young ends up being – Ninth overall, I mean, for Bryce Young, is is a, it's a good – it's a fucking epic value. Yeah. It's The bottom line is that a lot of people are going to be scared off because he's going to be, leave to be playing the 180s, but – um, you know, if he does weigh in at 201 at the combine next week, we'll see what happens, but or in two weeks, but we'll see what happens. But um, he's a top 10 talent. That's not even a question. So nine Carolina Panthers. I love that whole thing there. But in fantasy and in super flex, there's only one guy that I want. Of course. And 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 he's borderline with border. He was borderline with Levis, that who I wanted to take right there. And that's Anthony Richardson. A Anthony Rich. Richardson, A Rich from Florida. He's going down to Houston to pair up with Damian Pierce, former backfield mate at Florida. He's going to have Nico Collins. And according to my mock, he might have another weapon making his way down to Houston at the start of the third round. Jaden Reed, the wide receiver from Michigan State. Think about Jaden Reed in that offense. I think Brandon Cooks might be on the way out, might be on the way staying. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But him even just being in that same room learning from a Cooks for one year kind of gets me tingling mm-hmm. inside. So I'm going to roll with that. I think A. Rich in Houston is a guy that, you know, this team isn't ready to go right now. They're still a year or two away, and that's exactly what A. Rich needs. Does he get forced out there day one? I don't really know. Maybe. I don't really want him to be. I talked about this for a while. I wanted him to go back to school, but – situations are situational he needs to get that bag and he's going to get that bag and he's going to go to houston and he's going to ball out it's going to be pretty similar to the the chicago situation with justin fields other than i think houston has a little bit better offensive line so we could be looking at a no bullshit we could be looking at a thousand 1200 yard rushing season from anthony richardson if he does play in year one Anthony Richardson so far has to be the Jim Shorts MVP. Uh, every single video that I've seen of him in Jim Shorts in a t-shirt looks 
damn electric. Uh, absolute laser arm. Obviously, we know he's a crazy good athlete. I also think it's super funny for everyone watching to see the difference between the two of us drafting. In both of our mocks so far, you've taken the two high ceiling guys, and I've taken the floor guys. So maybe <laughs> I'm playing a little scared. Maybe I need to reevaluate uh, how risky you could say i'm willing to get maybe i need to uh get a little bit more risk in my portfolio because i keep going with safe you keep going with the high floor i was actually scared off by this landing spot i thought that in my mind here you're not really giving him weapons to work around so we're looking at a project i think he could be considered a bust before his value takes off that kind of makes me a little nervous in drafting someone this early in my rookie mocks but the ceiling is there. And like you said, on a team where you're not really expected to win right away, and if you lose, they can get you another weapon at the top of the 24 draft. So I guess, yeah. uh, you know, this could play out well. And, you know, new head coach, he gets his guy. There is something to be said about that. When the head coach gets his guy, he will go to battle for that quarterback. And Richardson has the highest of ceilings. He will be undoubtedly the guy that I hope that falls in all of my yeah. uh, home league rookie mocks. You know, like some of those rookie, those home leagues aren't as astute as, you know, uh, uh, the more competitive leagues. And I'm hoping he can fall to the back half around one. But when we do these drafts, Cody, you ain't letting him fall, not even an iota. So kudos to you there. My next pick, I've been looking up and down. Where am I going to go here? Do I want to go with the wide receiver? I don't think I want to go with the wide receiver because I think my guy will fall to me here because I, based on these landing spots, have kind of switched up my rankings here. So I'm actually going to go with Jameer Gibbs going to that Carolina offense. Uh, I don't necessarily think in year one he is going to be the bell cow. They'll they could easily bring back uh, Freeman, who I mean Foreman, who looked great there. They still got Chuba, but if you remember, the Panthers did take Christian McCaffrey. I think it was eighth overall, and he was uh, outside of the top ten that rookie season. He might have been outside the top twelve because they were really just easing him in in the pass game. I could see a similar situation like that working for Gibbs, and I like that for a guy like Gibbs, where you're not just throwing all the touches on him year one. Let him develop a little bit in the pros, get his feet under him, become the pass-catching back in that offense. You can use that in fantasy, and that is something I think can can prove to have some longevity to it. So give me Jameer Gibbs, because I'm hoping that my wide receiver, my favorite wide receiver is still left, falls me a pick, a pick from now. What do you think about having Gibbs team back up with Bryce Young. I mean, they're both on your fantasy team now, but yeah. in Carolina, what do you think about this backfield tandem in Carolina? I do. I don't know how much I can – I don't know how much you can invest in college teammates linking up in the pros. I don't know if it matters a ton, but I do think it matters a little bit. I mean, think of it just on a human level, right? You yeah. and I, Cody, we know each other. If we were to go somewhere and, oh, shit, there's Cody. Oh, there's Maddie. We would instantly be like, yo, we're going we're gonna to do this together. So having his boy, having someone in his offense go through the rookie process with him, go with rookie OTAs, potentially room together, none of that will hurt his status on the field. It can only help. Now, do I think instantly he becomes a check down master because Gibbs on the field? No. I don't think it's the case. And I do love both of these selections for my main man, the big homie DJ Moore. This is now Frank Wright building an offense in his own image, putting some weapons around where DJ can finally get to that level I think we all wish he'd be at. Ken, it reminded me when I said that of the Trevor Lawrence 
and they bring in ETN, they kind of mm-hmm. pair it together, and everyone's like, This is gonna be an ETN's gonna get 917 receptions. Like, <laughs> not quite, not no. this is not exactly how that works. No. Um, but more so, I think exactly what you just said, it's the human element. And I think that just would, you know, there's not really gonna be a success rate uh percentage or, or chance out there that you can look back on because it doesn't happen very often. But it's gotta have a little bit of uh, a little bit of help. Uh, from a, the mental side of things, which is obviously what I, I try to focus in on is what were the odds that both of these guys are going to excel in the NFL if they come in together after a year of being a very good football team in college? Obviously, ETN and Lawrence win championships together. Clemson, Young and Gibbs did very well this year together. I just think that inherently helps them build and bring the culture because they both come from Bama. They're both coming. They're both going to fix this shitty franchise similar to Lawrence and ETN. I think that was very interesting. I kind of stumbled across it and I was like, and again, this mock 3.0 is not the, this is, this is, this is going to be one of the, one of the, the most different mock than any other mock I do. This mock 3.0, this one was built entirely around because we're in this little lull period right now. Mm. I did one before the senior bowl. This one's right here between the combine and the senior bowl. We're going to learn a lot at the combine next week. And then the, the next mock is going to be a really serious one, but this one's more so what would I do if I was the GM and I put mm. myself in every single GM shoe at each pick. So when I got to the pick, I was like, okay, what have I drafted so far? What's my team look like? What can I do to help this team? And that's kind of what I did. And I, Gibbs just fell to there. And I was like, damn, this would be a, a, a you know, Foreman's on his way out. They need some talent on the offensive side of the ball. We got wide receiver locked in. Give me Gibbs with Young. I think that would help this team overall uh, just to feel better in the long run. Absolutely. I, I think um, overall, too, what, what, what really could benefit when college teammates, you know, guys who know each other, I kind of I can't help but think that when James Robinson was doing his thing in Jacksonville, mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe the coaches are like, ah, did we screw up taking a running back when we had somebody like Robinson? When you consult in the quarterback, he's going to go to battle for his guy, ETN. And that type of thing could also work out with this Bryce Young and Jameer Gibbs link up in Carolina. If Gibbs doesn't look great in OTAs and they're talking to Bryce and he's like, listen, just keep giving him the ball. I know how good he is. We had a rapport. Like the fact that they are battle mates and, and battle tested together. That's just going to help build that 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 culture that you talked about. So I think that's something that kind of stems to a bit of longevity with the two of them. So for sure, I, you know, it, like I said, I don't know how much it helps, but it definitely does not hurt. So this next pick, I'm going to be going to another player that's getting. I just realized this one too. Uh, he's getting his college co- co- college quarterback back mm-hmm. from two years ago, Jordan Addison, going to the Pittsburgh Steelers at pick 17. He had 1,593 yards and 100 receptions in 2021 while playing with Kenny Pickett up at the Pittsburgh Panthers. Now they will both be teaming up with the Pittsburgh Steelers as Jordan Addison makes his trip all the way back across the continental United States to play wide receiver with Deontay and George Pickens. In no. this wild, they're just going to continue, continue to build this wide receiver. This is just wild how they've been able to do this. And if they land Addison here, I would love to put Addison back with Kenny P. And uh, I think that would help him as well grow uh, throughout being in Pittsburgh because I, I think he's he's on the he's on the he's on the edge. Some people believe in him, and other people are like, you know what? I don't think he's the guy. I think this is one thing that would help elevate him. Imagine a wide receiver core of Addison Pickens and Johnson. I don't love Johnson, but I mean that, that for me puts Johnson as wide receiver three. And I mean, he's about as, he's about as good as you can get in wide receiver three. Listen, this is, I'm not going to let this hurt me. Uh, I am a <laughs> staunch non-believer in Kenny Pickett. Um, yep. Same. I know it's silly. 
I know it's crazy, but the hands thing is freaking undefeated. And sometimes you just got to bow down to the stats you see. And Pickett, him and I have the same size hands. And I will tell you this. If I were to try to throw an NFL ball right now, your boy ain't chucking it because my hands ain't all that big. It's fit for my body. I don't think he's got that 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 ceiling outcome in him. Now, this wide receiver group of Deontay Johnson, Jordan Addison, and George Pickens, holy Baby. shit. If oh, you Pat Fryermuth, a- too. Listen, those are four players I love. Addison, Ooh. talent alone is my wide receiver one in this class. I just he's got that dog in him. He's got everything you want in a wide receiver. Love him. I hate this landing spot. Absolutely despise it. And I think that a guy like Pickens, Deontay, Fryermuth, it certainly caps his upside and it puts all the pressure on Pickett becoming not just a good NFL quarterback, but a top elite quarterback to support all these pass mm-hmm. catchers. Now, like I said, if I'm playing Madden, I'm benching picking, I'm getting a quarterback, and I'm running this team to the damn Super Bowl because the pass catchers are elite. Love the pass catchers. Yeah. But in terms of the landing spot, I just – I love Addison. I, I, I really hope he does not go to the Steelers. It would crush my soul. But I understand why you took him here because the kid is supremely talented. And like you said, the link with Pickett, that could ascend him to the top of the – target hierarchy and that's what we're looking for we don't need Pickett to be a stud to support one guy mm-hmm. and if that one guy is addison then you got yourself a dynamite fantasy asset so i i do understand why you take him this early and i ain't letting him slide but i mentioned a change in my mind from from your mocks 2.0 to 3.0 and this is it and i'm gonna take him here and then he slid exactly to where i hope he would and that is Jalen. Hyatt. I'm taking Jalen Hyatt here, who goes to the Baltimore Ravens. I love me Jalen Hyatt. Jalen Hyatt, so far in the mocks that I've done, uh, is my my bailout at the back end of the first round. Love being able to get Hyatt at the end of the uh, at the end of the round one. Uh, last year, you know, 1,200 receiving yards at Tennessee, 15 receiving yards. He was a dog out of the slot, and if you put him on this Ravens offense. I'm 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 playing this out like Lamar's there because that is a question mark. And now you're starting to hear these rumors are getting crazier and crazier that he's going to be out. If that happens, we'll have to reevaluate. But right now I'm going with Lamar at the helm. And I think a guy like Jalen Hyatt could be Hollywood Brown. He could come in. He's bigger than Brown, uh, but he's going to be fast. You know, what do we project his 40? 4-4? Four, four? He's going to be in the 4-3s. Four threes. He yes, might. He right. might. He might touch four twos. Like he's going to be low four threes. So if he's in the right, if he if he sniffs the four two, which if they run on the same uh, uh, turf that they did last year, he is running four two because them yeah. boys were on fire last year at the combine. <laughs> so it's definitely possible. But if he even runs in the four threes at six feet one eighty five coming out of the slot, you know you're going to put Bateman out there. You're going to still have Mark Andrews. Ooh, I do love this landing spot. I think this could be Lamar's next Hollywood Brown type. I love it. Good landing spot. They've been trying to fill that role. I think Hyatt's the guy. I'm not going to go where many would think I would right here. There's one guy that the first wide receiver off the board that uh, has fallen, and I think he's going to continue to fall for a multitude of reasons. I'm going to go two wide receiver, though, because why not get more wide receivers? I already got Addison. I already got Jackson Smith and Jigba. We need to get all the wide receivers in this rookie mock draft. (laughs) So I'm going to take... The one and only Zay Flowers is now going to go to 
The Kansas City Chiefs was pick number 32. He's going to be the Shrine Bowl star of the year, Zay Flowers from Boston College. He had one offer coming out of high school, which was Boston College, and he was offered multiple multi-million dollar uh, NIL deals this past year to leave Boston College. He did not do it. He stayed the course, and then he went to the Shrine Bowl and dominated for like a practice and a half and then dipped out. Zay Flowers is going to be a dude. You put him in Kansas City with Kadarius Tony, with Sky Moore, with Travis Kelsey. Think about that wide receiver core. MVS is probably – I think he's got another year there. He'll probably be there for another year. Yeah. Juju's gone. Think about – I can't even think about this. Think about Zay Flowers, Kadarius Tony, and Sky Moore and the elusiveness, the electricity that that would bring to the table with Travis motherfucking Kelsey. I'm. You want to talk about versatility? Look at the routes that the Chiefs use to win the Super Bowl. Those routes are tailor made for players like Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, and Zay Flowers. And be, to be able to deploy that with MVS just basically running wind sprints. Hey, we'll pay you millions of dollars to run wind sprints. You could do that first, pal. And then Travis Kelsey just wreaking havoc in the middle of the field. I love it. That's a humongous landing spot. I do expect his his value to skyrocket straight upward trajectory if he goes to a team like the Chiefs. I love it. I love it. So my next pick here, I am not going to go with the number one wide receiver on the board because I just don't like him. I just don't like his. I don't, <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. And I'm actually going to go with something that kind of threw me for a little bit of loop here. When I was doing my prep for the show, uh, kind of hoping who would be where for my picks, uh, I'm going to go with Hendon Hooker. With my next pick, uh, you got him going uh, 38 to the uh, Seattle Seahawks in that landing spot for a guy like Hooker. He's a little bit older of a prospect, but I think that might work out for the situation. He's going to bring a bit of maturity, bring a bit of a little bit of seasoning to the quarterback room, and he's not going to push Geno in year one necessarily. But if Geno falls off a cliff, because we've only seen him do it for one year, if we see Geno get hurt. And he kind of comes in and balls out. He's going to have the weapons. He's going to have DK. He's going to have Tyler Lockett, Noah Fant, Kenneth Walker. He's going to have a good team built around him because Seattle is doing the right things, hoarding picks, taking a lot of good young players. Last year, they absolutely dominated their draft. So why not give him the benefit of the doubt for this draft? Give me Hendon Hooker with this surrounding cast. And then Superflex, I'll keep that on my bench for a year if I have to. But I really like the upside here with this, this landing spot. What do you think about this? Uh, the reason I did this pick, obviously, it, it kind of would make sense why, being the age the Hendon Hooker is, pairing him up with a Geno Smith type uh, guy that you know had multiple situations throughout his entire career in the NFL, and I think they're kind of comparable. Um, I think Hooker's got a little better arm talent, but remember, Geno was a first round pick as well. How mm-hmm. do you think about what do you, what do you think about this this pairing by itself? I think it's one of those pairings that as long as Geno doesn't. Um kind of like repel it as long as he's not resistant to kind of starting, but also uh, being a mentor, it could be a fantastic landing spot. I mean, people forget Gino was a freaking beast at West Virginia. The dude was a highlight reel on Saturdays. He would chuck the rock and it just didn't translate uh, well into the, you know, his first kind of part of his career. But I think what we're kind of learning is Pete Carroll's a lot better at coaching quarterbacks than we ever gave him credit for. Uh, you know, if if Russell Wilson never writes the ship, especially now with Sean Payton 
as his head coach, we have to give so much credit to Pete Carroll and what he was able to do in maybe hiding some of the blemishes on Russell Wilson's game, accelerating and kind of uh, uh, boosting what he was good at. And I think he could do that with a guy like Hooker. And I think he can come in, you know, a little bit pressure free. They're going to really just expect him to get healthy in his rookie season. And what I really like about Hooker's profile at Tennessee, the last two years, 58 touchdowns and only five picks. So he can, Mm -hmm. he can, he's good at managing the game. And that, that is the type of quarterback that I think Pete Carroll can excel with, especially with these weapons. And we all saw the video today. DK Metcalf can jump over a damn giraffe. Yeah. What the hell was that? What was that? It's got to be fake. I, I watched it like eight times and I was like, hmm. So when did they pull the trampoline out? I don't know. I don't know because, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, if, if <laughs> this is going to sound weird, but after that jump, if he had took off his shirt, everyone would go, yeah, yeah, that's fine. He can do that. The guy looks like damn near Superman. He's absolutely chiseled from stone. And apparently he can jump over. <laughs> a that was like a 60 jacket. inch standing vertical. That, <laughs> that would make no fucking sense. But you know what also was funny about that video? That I don't think people were talking about. How accurate was that throw? I mean, oh, yeah. put it you up know here. How hard it is, is to throw that high over someone's head to the point where they can make the play they want to make. Damn yeah, good that throw. Seemed, that seemed a little fishy there. <laughs> I obviously am not gonna. I don't think that was. Uh, I don't think it's real, but I ain't telling the DK's face. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I ain't telling that to him. All right, so one twelve here is a is a strange spot to be in. I don't like. I don't mind the Hendon Hooker pick at all. I think he fits in that offense well. I think as far as the long term goes in Superflex, it'll be a nice pick. I'm sitting here at 112 with a player in question, two players in question, and one would pair up with my Will Levis pick very nicely, and another one I just don't think I can pass over him. He was the first wide receiver drafted in the mock, and number 16 overall to the Washington Commanders. We are Commanders and Quentin Johnston. <laughs> Quinton Johnston is the guy. Quinton Johnston's the wide receiver. He's the uh, the fake alpha, I guess you'd say, uh, for this offense. They've drafted Jahan Dotson, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, all smaller, shiftier guys. Why not go get that big fake alpha? It's literally what I wrote. They got Eric Bieniemy today to be their offensive coordinator, assistant head coach, looks to be the next head coach after Ron Rivera walks away at the end of the season, I would project. And they're turning to Sam Howell, and Sam Howell needs an abundance of weapons. They just need to give him weapons and just let him run this bitch. And I think Quentin Johnston, Curtis Samuel, uh, uh, Jahan Dawson, Terry McLaurin is uh, plenty plenty a weapon uh, for Sam Howell to elevate this offense. And Quentin Johnston, yes, he's not DK Metcalf like we just talked about, but he's pretty damn athletic, and they do need a big body, and I think he's the big body that you give them. I I feel so bad for Quentin because I just I don't, I don't love him. I don't love the prospect in the landing spot. I mean, I think Terry Mack and Jahan Dotson are better pass catchers than him, so I think that limits his upside. And I'm going to throw out a little bit of a name here, and it's going to get the boys in the chat maybe a little riled up, but Quentin Johnson going to the Washington Commanders Reminds me way too much of Josh Doxson. Oh, my God. Josh Doxson went 22nd overall in 2016. 6'2", 200 pounds, ran a 4 5 40 He had a pretty good burst score, 97th percentile. I see Johnson, who, you know, is going to run faster than the 4-5, but how much faster? I mean, is he going to be in the – I know he says he's going to run uh, – what he? What did he say, 4-3s? He said he was going to – yeah, he said he was going to run like – 4-4-4, four, 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 oh, something like that. Yeah, he's going to be in the 4-4s. Four, 
uh, and I, I'll be honest, this isn't his sin that I, I'm putting out here. It is absolutely uh, Traylon Burks, who just straight lied to us last year. He said he was going to melt faces at the at the combine and just didn't. And now I've gotten a little weary of the guys who toot their own horn. So I'm, I'm going to run four two one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Let's just go on a side tangent here. Traylon Burks is one of those guys that I just I won't ever really truly support because the dude lied to us. He was telling us he was killing boars with his bare hands, that he needed specialty gloves made. His hand size was like in the 50th percentile of wide receivers. It wasn't even that big. This guy was over here making us believe they had to make Brock Lesnar gloves for him. <laughs> Beatos also, Beatos in the chat, 4-4 is good for his frame. The problem is his frame is not as big as it's perceived. It's He's 6'3". He's 6'3", and he's not going to be over 200 pounds. I've seen 187. I've seen 201. If he's anywhere between there, that's not really that great for his frame. If he's a super athlete, he should be running 4-4-0. If, if a super athlete would run 4-4-0. This is what we're saying is if he runs 4-4-9 and he weighs in at 196 and he's 6'3", think about the advantage that he has at 6'3", where some of these guys that are 5'11", and they're 190 pounds. It just – We'll see. Well, yeah, Ricardo says he's not 215. No, I I I've, don't think I've seen 215 anywhere on him. Mm-hmm. It's all been under 201, 203. I think that's the biggest numbers I've seen. If he shocks everyone two weeks at the combine and weighs in at 209, 211, I'll be fucking ecstatic. But he doesn't play that big neither. So right. he plays like he's about 195 pounds, which is super just fucking weird. But um, his lower body is extremely thin and um, – I'm very interested in it, but he, again, he falls here to pick 12, 112 in your rookie drafts. Uh, I'm not saying this is going to happen in all of your rookie drafts, but I think you need to understand that this is it's a likely thing if he lands in a spot like Washington or or somewhere like this where it's like, eh, there's some other dudes there and he's really not going to overtake anybody. And sometimes when doing rookie drafts, you also have to kind of go against your narrative sometimes because, you know, we're not always right. So all of a sudden you go, you know what? I'm not big on Johnson, but he's here at the 112. Let me pull the trigger. And all of a sudden you go, you're brushing your shoulders off, uh, you know, three weeks in the season because he has a couple touchdowns and he looks good. But, you know, I'm kind of steering away. I just don't really like uh, those type of guys who are almost players. Uh, yep. I got a lot, again, I got a lot of that Traylon Burks. He was going into the combine as the next DK Metcalf, and then he came out as not the next DK Metcalf. If you are just slightly underneath the person you're comparable to, then you're not that guy. You're just not that guy. Same exact thing with Justin Fields. When he came out, everyone said, you know, he's a slightly smaller version of Cam Newton. Well, a lot of Cam Newton's value is because he was so big and athletic. So if you shrink him down, he's not that. So if, you know, if Quentin Johnson's like a, a more slender version of this person, well, then he's not that person. If he's a slower version of that player, he ain't that player. So at the 112, I understand it. I also am very excited that you let my man slide. I am taking Josh Downs Fuck. with this next pick. Fuck. Because one thing, this is, this is again. First what? time you got me, bro, all night. Right well, there. you know what? I, I can't give you all the players. Listen, I can't give you all your guys. I got to take some guys, too. And what I love about Downs was hit what he showed, you know, he was with a, a, an elite quarterback this offseason. I mean, I mean, in this past season, uh, Drake May is going to be the 101 next year, 102, depending on where him and Caleb Williams duke it out. So I, I get that he was playing with an elite quarterback, but I'm not going to fault the man who has back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. And he was also able to achieve 1,300 yards with Sam Howell when everyone hated what Sam Howell did last year. 
And I think that's special. I like how he operates. And I think in this specific offense, you bring him in in the same year you bring in your franchise quarterback. They can build a rapport together. And I think that in a PPR format, maybe he's not the number one uh, receiving yards guy that could still be Pittman. He could still, you know, Pittman could be the red zone guy, but I think the, the targets will be there for downs. I think the catches will be there for downs. And I think that at the end of the day, we're looking at a, a very, very startable week in week out wide receiver. So I really like being able to get him here at the two Oh one. Talked about him earlier, man. You know how I feel about Josh Downs, and I think it's a it's a great landing spot for him to to get paired up with a Will Levis type to get not to be focused as the number one wide receiver in his offense, kind of how he has been in North Carolina. He's good enough to do it in college, but when you have a Pittman on the outside and you have a a quarterback like Levis and you have a running game like Jonathan Taylor, Josh Downs will be able to get open often, stretch the field, do all the things he's supposed to do. I think he's going to be a, a, a very, very nice treat for Will Levis with the Indianapolis Colts. 201 is a great spot to be. I like Josh Downs. Mm-hmm. Quentin Johnson is right there at the edge. I think Zay Flowers is going to be a guy that falls at 201 sometimes for you. So if you're in your rookie drafts and you're sitting at that 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 at the end of the round one, um, I, I'd be looking to move back to that 201 area. What like I, I don't really care. Uh, between you know, once I think Jordan Addison's gone at 108, I think I'm cool trading down from nine and going to 201, 202. If somebody wants to move up and go after a quarterback like Hooker or something like that, I'm totally cool waiting and getting a Josh Downs because I think he's going to be a motherfucker, uh, mm-hmm. like Maddie Keewum just said. So, round two, <clears throat> Josh, Downs goes off, Josh Downs goes off the board, and now we're sitting here. Only tight end on the board, Michael Mayer, went round one, picked 29 of the Cincinnati Bengals. A couple tight ends go off in round two. Not going to go tight end yet. Don't really care to go tight end round two, early half. I don't have any running backs on my rookie team right now for this draft. I have none. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. So I'm going to go Kayshawn Butte, number 47 overall to the New England Patriots. (sighs) Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne are both likely on the outs. Mm-hmm. So they got Tyquan Thornton, Nelson Aguilar, and Nelson Aguilar also might be on the outs. I can't remember. Yes. And Keishon Butte. So if we got, they need a weapon at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And I think if somebody's going to reel in Keishon Butte, we always say this all the time. There's always these, a couple of coaches that can do this trick. And I think that Bill Belichick is obviously one of those guys. Pull in Keishon Butte and say, hey, brother, come down here, play with your boy Mac Jones. And uh, we'll we'll get you back to where you were just two years ago as the main Mama Jamma in New England, Kayshawn Butte. Great pick. If you would have selected Downs, I would have taken Butte over Johnston. That's just kind of where I'm at. Really, uh, you take Butte over Johnston in this landing spot? Yeah. Like I said, I just I could be wrong. I just don't like. The, I don't. Uh, I don't hate taking, it. Uh, you know, Butte going to the Patriots. I I'm love some Butte. I love Butte. <laughs> you know, we all want the conductor, the train conductor on our squad. <laughs> we all like that. You know, it is what it is. But he's a guy that can be a number one wide receiver talent-wise. The Patriots need that. The Patriots also have not been good at drafting receivers. And I think a lot of that comes from them trying to zig when others are zagging. And in this specific case, zigging while others are zagging, they are just taking a guy with supreme talent, which is something they just don't always do. So I love that for them. I also don't think that Jacoby Myers will be back. Um, I know people keep talking like it's a foregone conclusion that he's coming back. 
if you look around the the NFL verse of publications, they're putting him as the number one wide receiver in the free agent market. I've seen him listed as a top 10 player in free agency. That means he is going to command the bag, and the Patriots are not going to give an undrafted slot wide receiver the bag. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. they're not going to do it. So I think he's out of there. Nelson Aguilar, good riddance. Kendrick Bourne could come back, but we've seen him just kind of have a role on this offense where Keishon Butte would come in and immediately be the number one wide receiver on hopefully an improved offense with Mac Jones, Brian, uh, uh, Bill O'Brien and company. So I, I really, really like that pick here. So good, 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 good call there because this is a landing spot I think that could be really strong for him. And now I was celebrating because you did not take the player that I wanted here. And I'm going to actually go back to the running back room and I'm going to take Roshan Johnson here. Oh, he did the damn thing. I'm taking Roshan here. Listen, I like, you know, Devon A. Chain going to the Dolphins. That's going to be sexy. That's going to be a pick that I think will be a a mid first round pick in most one quarterback rookie drafts. But what I see here with a guy like Roshan is a bell cow in the making. We heard yesterday Alvin Kamara was indicted. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to be suspended. We don't know what that means. It doesn't really change a whole lot with that situation. But what it does mean is they are getting closer to a trial, which means if there is a suspension brought down, Roshan is the type of guy that they could give the keys to the castle and he may never give them back. You were down in Mobile. You said, actually, when I heard you on a podcast, you said the dude's listed at six foot 225, but he looks every bit of 6'3", 240. The dude is a Hulk. He's a beast. And... One thing, I don't remember if it was you, Alex, or or, or the Podfather. Uh, first first of all, kudos on those shows. Every single day you guys were live streaming, and I, I dove into all three of them because I think the insight that day, it was fresh in your minds, and you were able to relay a ton of great information. But one thing I do remember, one of you guys saying about Roshan, and I've kind of just kept this in the back of my head. We all liked Keontae Ingram last year as a late-round sleeper because we thought he was supremely talented. And he didn't leave Texas because of Bijan. He left Texas because of Roshan. Because Bijan gets hurt, it ain't Keontae. It was going to be Roshan all day long. And I liked it, you know, the makeup. Alex talked about how he was a quarterback coming in. He was a leader in the clubhouse. This team, the New Orleans Saints, is deprived of an identity. This guy could instantly come in and be a rookie running back and still be the guy in a lot of people's eyes. So give me him at the 203. I love it. I think this could be an absolute home run of a pick for my fantasy team. Hmm. Sometimes you hate it that your boy listens to everything you say on these shows because I'm I'm taking that info in, baby. My my boy fucking tunes into every goddamn show, knows who I want. So I sit here and I go zero RB through this damn rookie mock. QB, QB, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, because I'm about to get Roshan because he's not going to be watching because he's out here snaking all the wide receiver, running backs. And I get hosed. Yeah, I get hosed. Yeah. Now I don't know what to do because that was the one. That was the one. I made a tweet earlier that I was looking at all these mocks the, on the mock draftable website or whatever. NFL mock draftable. Uh, that's where I make the mock and then I put it on the website. But mm-hmm. uh, it shows like the 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 ADP data, average average draft pick for all the NFL mock drafters ever anywhere right now in the current Mm -hmm. space and all the draft analysts and Roshan is like round four, round five, round four, round five. Like 
guys, if you listen to anybody and, and, and one of the best resources you could possibly have about Texas football itself is Alex Dunlap. He works for no orange question. bloods as well as roster watch. And, um, I don't think anybody listens to him as much as they should. Like there should be more people that are like, Hey, this Alex Dunlap guy is uh, completely tuned into Texas. And when multiple people tell you for multiple years, not only like the two months leading up to the draft, but like the last two and a half years, Roshan's going to be drafted much closer to Bijan than many mm-hmm. of you expect or NFL teams love Roshan or we're sitting at dinner and someone says, yeah, we're big fans of Roshan. And that, person happens to be working for somebody that can have a team that drafted a player like that those things matter those matter so when you put a guy like roshan i put him here at 72 which is in the first 10 picks of round three Mm -hmm. and people are going to be looking at that they're going to go why is nobody else no other nfl draft analyst is putting roshan johnson in the third round Hmm. shout out to alex Dunlap. that's all i'm going to say roshan's the dude and uh he's been the dude if you listened since 2021 uh, for Texas. They love him, every part of him. But now I'm screwed, and I have to go back to wide receiver because I'm not going running back right here. The 204, I'm going with a wide receiver that I think is better than Romeo Dobbs. He is picked number 46th overall by the Green Bay Packers. This is a premium landing spot, playing next to Christian Watson outside, stretching the field. Rashi Rice can be on the other side because I think he's better than Romeo. Dog water Dobbs, <laughs> Rashi Rice, wide receiver <laughs> from SMU. <laughs> oh, right that poor here. guy. That's going to stink, too. That sounds good. <laughs> Dog water Dobbs, baby. <laughs> 46th overall. I get him here at the 2.04. Give me Rashi. Come on down. Let me, I got to ask you this. You know, he kind of disappointed day one. When, what was his the remaining practices? Because clearly this uh, senior bowl was not set up for wide receivers to shine throughout the week. The quarterbacks stunk. The cornerbacks were really, really good. I mean, mm-hmm. we saw what was Springs from Miami really looked really, really physical. I mean, um, uh, what's the cornerback from Kansas State? Burns. Brents. Brents. He looked. I mean, he looks crazy good. Yeah. So this was not a, a particular situation for the wide receivers to shine. But do you believe that this this the you know his trip down to Mobile hurt his draft stock? Did it remain the same? And did it affect your uh, version of his outlook? You know, his early years in the NFL. It didn't because well, day one, yes, day one, I was like, I was in question because. We thought he was going to come in in the 180s, and he came mm-hmm. in over 200 pounds. We were like, oh, shit, he's different. He's not that athlete. Like, maybe he can still run in the 4-4s. We'll see. I don't know. Um, he came in bigger, and that first day, really, he just looked slower. He looked more, like, sluggish, and that happens on day one um, while these guys are kind of getting incubated into the, into the offenses and stuff. But 683, 670, and then 1,400 yards this last year. Right. He's the truth. And he came around day two, looked a little better. And day three, he really started to take that leap and he started to make plays. Um, I don't think he, he got hurt by any anything. I don't think he helped himself very much. It's just one of those things where he, the weight came in high. The combine is now going to be where he can elevate even more. And I think uh, Rashi Rice, round two, I think is a good spot for him. Um, you might see him go a little bit later here. But it, again, this is if I was picking, if I was the Green Bay GM right now, I'd be drafting Rashi Rice to come in because I didn't see enough out of Dobbs. And uh, Cobb's on the way out. Dobbs sucks. Cobb's on the way out. And uh, Watson's the guy. That's a pretty good duel right there with Rashi and, and Christian Watson, in my opinion. 
Yeah, right, for sure. I think that, and I'm starting to get the Jordan Love fever. I am. Uh, I, I tweeted that before I put it on our TikTok. I'm starting to get a little excited about what Jordan Love could provide. So if Rushy Rice comes in and he's, you know, gets the confidence of, of the offense and can be a weapon, absolutely love him here. Now, my next pick, I'm kind of at a crossroads because I need to take the player I love or do I take the guy to snipe him from you because I think you could take him next. <laughs> you fucker. And I think I'm going to continue and be, what was his name, Chris Kyle, the, the, the sniper from the movie? I think I'm going to stick to that role, and I will take Jaden Reed here. God damn it. And here's why. And I, I know <laughs> part of this does come with me trying to act to snipe Cody, so there is some there is some fun, some gamemanship here. But even he deserves just play it, it out, he deserves it. What I love about Reed is the fact that if he is paired with Anthony Richardson, someone that you know you and others in the space are super excited about, you know, well deserves. And if he can be that guy, a player like Jaden Reed, holy shit, could he be a beast? Because he is a type of athletic profile that will not only deserve targets, but command those targets. He can get yep. open short, he can get open deep. I mean, imagine, and I know this keeps getting thrown out there, and everyone says it a little tongue-in-cheek, a little embarrassed because everyone hates lofty comps, but if you can put a young Antonio Brown with a playmaker like Anthony Richardson, you're talking about a player that can be a beast in fantasy. You put him on Houston. He If, if Jaden Reed is what we think he is, Nico ain't stopping him. Brandon Cooks ain't stopping him nobody's stopping him from ascending to the top of the pecking order so give me Jaden reed here and another little bit that i like that you guys continue to say that i always gravitate towards these players his ability to make plays on special teams because that my friends will keep him in the coach's good favor that can allow him to make plays outside of just the offensive sets that keeps him on the field and it does it, it reminds me so much of antonio brown and i hate saying that antonio brown is one of my favorite players of all time i wish he didn't go to the looney bin because he would be my favorite player of all time you tell me he has a chance to be a player like that. I'm taking him here. No questions asked. I don't got to say anything about Jaden Reed. Y'all know how I feel about Jaden Reed. You know how I feel. He's you that him, dude. You put me on to him, really. I, I was the only reason I took Rashi over Reed is because you got 20 picks in NFL draft capital and you have the Green Bay Packers, who we know year after year are. You know, they didn't make the playoffs this year, but they're pretty competent. And I think Jordan Love, right, right now, I trust Jordan Love more than I do. Uh, whatever the quarterback situation is in Houston. And right now, if it's Anthony Richardson, he's not primed to give a guy like Jaden Reed the best opportunities for the next year or two. That's why I went Rice. But again, this is all hypothetical. 100% I like Reed more than Rice, just to just to clear those airwaves as well. Um, yeah, I think the comp is very in line as we, as we look through that. I see a couple comments in here about uh, 60% catch rate. He's not on AB's level. I think you have to look at the quarterback play a little bit. We're talking about mm. that at least a little bit. I think, I mean, Michigan State's not known for being the best uh, quarterback team, but that's here nor there. He's still a study. Looked good at the Senior Bowl. Uh, opportunities are opportunitable. And uh, I, I like Jaden Reed, 205. Not bad. Yeah. Again, now I'm sitting here and I'm handing the air. <laughs> Just and, swirling. Uh, we got my boy reeling. Throw me for a fucking tizzy because I'm not taking Devon A. Chain because I'm not a punk. 
right here at the 206. If this is my team, I'm taking Zach Evans. I'm taking Zach Evans here at the 206, running back, third-round pick, number 88 overall to the Minnesota Vikings. The thought behind this pick was Dovin Cook just had shoulder surgery. Dovin Cook, in my opinion, should have never been re-signed to the Minnesota Vikings. It's not how you build a team. It's not how you continue on through a franchise. You never give that stud the second contract because that's how you get over your skis. That's where the Vikings Mm -hmm. are right now. Alexander Madison is gone in free agency. Zach Evans plugs in as that number two. And if they really want to say something about it, they can let Dalvin walk because they know the depth of this class. And I think Zach Evans is the guy that can plug in day one and be a stud. He's 21 years old. And uh, Zach Evans is, is he's all that and some Big Mac sauce on top. What I love about Zach Evans is how polarizing he is in the draft community. Some people believe he just straight up sucks. Others believe he's it's so good. weird, dude. It's so weird. There is no middle ground with Zach Evans. Um, and why I like that is I tend to believe what I like. What I like to do is hang my hat on kind of what has been the consistent, what's been the drumbeat. And the drumbeat has been that Zach Evans is the number three running back in this class. Yeah. That's what it was been. And, and you know, he, he he made the wrong choice going to Ole Miss. It seemed like a good move, but no one knew that Quinshawn Junkins was just going to be a dog, the dude, the next dude. So, like, you know, he kind of got screwed there. And I think what I love about this pick is you took him at the 206, but I think in a lot of home leagues, you're getting this guy at the end of round two, in round three. Yeah. Even yeah. And then even this, this landing spot is perfect for us sharp fantasy players because everyone else is going to go, well, they have Dalvin Cook. They're not going to have that. Who cares? And you know what? All of a sudden, it's a, it's a wink and a, t- a tip of the cap, and Dalvin's out the door, and this is your running back one. So I love this pick. I was absolutely keeping him in the back of my head, but I am going to be the stooge with my next pick, and I will take Devon A. Chain. <laughs> I will stooge. be the stooge. I'll be the stooge here because at this point here at the 207, um, it's a it's a sweet spot that I'll take. The landing spot makes a lot of sense. Um, but what I would love, and this might be counterintuitive to what a lot of people think, I would prefer them to bring back a Jeff Wilson, a guy like that, with really? J-Chain. I don't want A-Chain coming in and being the guy. I don't think he can handle it right away. No, I mean, it t- how long did it take Raheem Mostert to be a, a, a contributor other than special teams? I mean, he was on Philly. He was on San Fran. Like, it took him years to put on some weight to to be able to withstand hits. And then he kind of inserted himself in offenses later, uh, you know, after what, three or four or five years even. Mm-hmm. And I think Devon Achan, if you put him in at 5'9", even if, you know, even if he comes in at the combine around 200, say 197, I still think he's going to get some hits that's not going to be beneficial to him. So I want somebody in year one that can be the between the tackles guy. And if that's the case, then I really like a chain with the dolphins because the running back situation here is so sweet. You got a mastermind in the run game and Mike McDaniel, you have two race cars on the outside and Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill that has to push the defense back and a guy who could be this fast. I mean, this guy was a, what a, a Olympic caliber sprinter. Right. Mm-hmm. Like he was he was he was on pace to potentially be a guy that could get himself into the Olympic conversation and being, you know, being undersized is going to be a challenge. But I think if you get him a, a running mate, kind of a little bit of thunder to his lightning, all of a sudden now we're really talking about a fantasy asset that has the longevity and getting him at the 207. I think I can I can withstand that risk, because if they don't bring a guy like that and he does get hurt, it is what it is. But the 207, that's a risk I think I can take. 
if he runs a 435, 437, something like that, this number 52 overall pick, you can all but put it in cement, stone, mm-hmm. gold, whatever you want. It's mm-hmm. not going anywhere, I think, for Devon A. Chain to go to Miami. It just makes too much sense. Too much sense. Uh, and yeah, unless San Francisco like decides to trade up and be like, "Hey, guess what? No." And uh, <laughs> you know what? But even at that, I still even if something crazy like that happens at the end of your second round, I'll take it and wait. Yeah, I'll take yeah. it and wait because that type of landing spot, they're so good at keeping guys on the field. Uh, and I know that sounds crazy because Mostert would get hurt, but I mean Mostert gets hurt all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I, I like that type of thinking here. All right, I'm going to move on to the tight end position. I'm skipping wide over running back. I only got one. I think that's how we're going to rule. 208, I'm going with the guy, the last first-round pick that was available. That's our boy Michael Mayer out of the Notre Dame. He's going to go to Cincinnati. He's going to replace Hayden Hurst. He's going to be that dude going forward. In the AFC North, Pat Frymuth is up there. I think he's kind of similar to him. He's got a little more athleticism to his body type. I think you're sitting here at the 208. I think you're happy getting the tight end one. I don't really want to go any earlier than this. I think Bayard is deserving. You know, you could talk about 204, 205, start having that conversation, but I think 208 is a good spot to, uh, if Mayor falls to you, taking the 208. If he goes round one, if he's in a premier landing spot where look at the offense Cincinnati has right now with Burrow, Higgins, Boyd, Chase, I think it's a good spot uh, for Michael Mayer to land in. If he does, there, Jacksonville, I'm good taking him. 204, 205, down to 208, 209, whatever it may be. Michael Mayer, 208. Great pick. Um, Mayer going to the Bengals is great. And I think it's one of those spots where when you take him at the back half of your second round or mid part of the second round in our rookie drafts, uh, all of a sudden he's a T. Higgins trade away from really, you know, seeing his stock go up even more. Mm-hmm. So I do like this pick. You know, he's kind of a hype tight end prospect, and it's well-deserved. He's a really good player. I think this is a great landing spot. So a good pick here. Uh, obviously, after seeing you take Mayer, my first thought was to go to Musgrave. But mm-hmm. I'm actually going to I'm gonna skip that here. I'm going to go with Zach Charbonnet, who went to the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I love, 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 love that landing spot for him. He doesn't have to be the guy year one. James Conner is still there. And James Conner, I think, is a great running back for him to learn from. A guy who can do all the things in, in terms of running. Guy who just runs angry, can plow over players. And is pretty good in the pass game. We've seen Charbonnet now go over 1,000 yards each of his last two years at UCLA. And this past year, 37 receptions for 321 yards. Pretty good. I like that. So I, I think this is a great landing spot. And I what I kind of secretly like about him, especially if you're getting him at the end of round two in your rookie draft, there's not a whole lot of pressure to need him to produce as a rookie because I really think that this Arizona year is going to be a redshirt year. I think they're going to be terrible without Kyler Murray. I don't. I know he looked great on that bike. You know, he, my man was killing that airdyne. I don't think he. I don't think he's come back this year. Why would you rush a guy back for a year that you're not expected to do a whole lot? You have a, def- a defensive-minded coach, which I imagine is going to take a couple years to get some of his guys and implement him to the team. So give me Charbonnet because I, at this spot, I'm okay with him having a redshirt freshman year. Well, I guess I'm not going to go back to running back. Um, we'll go tight end again here. We'll go with Luke Musgrave. I'm going to throw that second dart at tight end on this particular team. Reason being is Musgrave was a baller down at the Senior Bowl. He didn't do much this year. He played in three games at Oregon State, but Musgrave's going to be an athlete. Musgrave was asked. There were some rumors that came out that he's going to run 4-4-4-5, and somebody asked him at the Senior Bowl, they go, what are you going to run? Uh, there's rumors of 4-4-4-5, and he goes, 
well, I don't know who the fuck made those rumors up. And uh, <laughs> that was pretty fucking funny. Um, but I do think a, a high four six in play for, for Luke Musgrave, and that's perfect for his body type. He's just a big donkey, and he's going to dominate wherever he goes. I think you put him in Detroit with this team. I think he fits very well. Um, yeah, I think Mus- Luke Musgrave, 49th overall, Detroit, it just, you know, out one door goes TJ Hawkinson, in another door walks Luke Musgrave. And and uh, you saw at the end of the year there where it was like, oh, who are we going to throw the ball to? James Mitchell, Brock Wright? No, like they want to have a tight end here, and I think Musgrave fits in very well. And they had a couple of uh, uh, positional, positional coaches down in Mobile, so they know what Musgrave is like in person as well. I was going to take Musgrave if you let him slip to me for sure. Um, and I know what a lot of people are going to say. A lot of the haters are going to say uh, if they didn't, you know, propel TJ Hawkinson, why would Luke Musgrave get that? Well, my rebuttal to that would be, well, they didn't have, you know, Ben Johnson wasn't getting this offense cooking like they were. I think this offense now is going to be kind of a light version of greatest show on turf. And if they get a guy like CJ Stroud, I think you're looking at taking this offense to another level. So Luke Musgrave there on a team where, you know, Amon Ra is going to get that respect. Now it's two years going. Jameson Williams is that type of athlete that they have to account for. And if those, you know, you're going against a tough defense who can kind of nullify or at least mute a little that, boom, Luke Musgrave at 6'6", running to 4'6", man, he could be super dangerous. And because he was the second tight end off the board, definitely great value here at the 210. I'm actually going to go with a pick that, again, I don't know if I'm sniping you, but I'm only taking him because of you. This is your last pick. Don't, Don't mess it up. This is your last pick. Oh, that changes things. Yes, it does. That changes Don't mess it things. Up. Don't mess it up. All right, all right. I am going to change. Don't mess I'm gonna it pivot. up. I'm going to pivot here because it's Don't my last it pick, up. and I have to stay on brand. Give me Tank Dell. Okay. Give me Tank Dell. Nathaniel Dell here. Uh, I'll tell you who I was going to pick if you pick him or don't pick him after this, but okay. I'll go Tank Dell. Uh, I like the fact that he can produce. I know he's small, but listen, even though he's small, he's still got you, Matt, Alex, Ray G., all of you guys excited about him at his small frame. And Ray G was the poster boy for fuck these little dudes. And the yep. fact that even he was like, <laughs> I don't know, he might be a little different. It's got me thinking maybe he's different. And I think this landing spot is the best landing spot that he could go to because he's not going to be asked to take on a whole lot in this offense. You got Jersey Drake. You got Kyle Pitts. He could just be that shifty, fast guy in the middle that could take things to the house in that you know ar- indoor arena. So I like this pick here. Uh, I'm okay taking him with the 211. Led the nation in receiving. That's what I like. Give me the nation leading receiver. Doesn't that make too much sense? Like Demir Bird, Alameda Zacchaeus, they like that little body type. They do. That little speedster. And Dell is just like, he's both those guys combined and faster and better. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even know how to explain it. But anyway, pulling safeties deep away from Drake London, Kyle Pitts, like that's going to open up this offense in the deep end. Not saying that Desmond Ritter going to be able to get him the ball, but it's at least a good idea. But I also think, too, Desmond Ritter is not prolific. I think we all know that. Yeah. <laughs> He's not going to unlock both Pitts and London. But he can dump it off to a guy who's wide open over the middle who can make plays. And I'll take that. I know it's not sexy in terms of the Falcons hoping of winning, but I could take that in PPR leagues. All right, man. We're right. We made it. 212. Uh, 212 right here. Uh, 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 let's go. Am I going to go tight end again? No. Nah. I'm going to do that. You have to trade me one, though. 
the wide receiver. Oh yeah, you don't have a tight end, sucka. Well, I got some running backs. We can make a trade. We can make a running back receiver trade. I'm a commissioner making changing the rules. This tight end premium right now. <laughs> Six point tight end premium right now. <laughs> I think I got enough wide receivers. The Trey Palmer landing spot for those of you uh, that maybe don't. This doesn't make sense. D. Eskridge, Marquise Goodwin, plug him in in that spot. You're going to be very happy. But that's not where I'm going to go. Xavier Hutchinson and PPR is right at the tip of my tongue. I really want to say Xavier Hutchinson right now because I like the lane spot of Buffalo. They've also been trying to fill somebody else to pick in that slot mm-hmm. where Cole Beasley was inside of Gabe Davis, inside of Stephon Diggs. I think that Xavier Hutchinson's a good spot right there. But I'm going to go off the board. Oh, you can't be a sneaky devil. I'm going to go off the board. That's why you're the freaking man here. Kendra Miller. Oh, Yeah! Kendra Miller. Oh my run- God. Kendra, Kendra Miller, Miller. Running back TCU. He did this on purpose. This whole mock draft was to <laughs> dupe me at the end, huh? You son of a bitch. You sandbagging son of a bitch, you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where he's going to go. We're getting Kendra Miller, though. And Kendra yeah. Miller right here. <laughs> Kendra Mill at the 212 though I mean perfect spot because he is the type of running back that profiles to be Mr. Steal Your Job there are a ton of running backs who he could take the job because he can just get three when you need to and that's so valuable we've seen that year in and year out where people are like ah he's whatever blah 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 and then they come in and they just give the team what they need and Kendra Mill is that type of player he's getting disrespected man that's the big thing we disrespected him here in this mock. He's getting disrespected in all of the NFL mocks, and I think he's going to end up falling. And I think he could be one of the first guys drafted on day on day uh, three in round four or late, late round three if he's not. Um, Taja Spears I think is very interesting right there, but I think Kendra Miller right here, 212, is uh, going to be a dangerous, dangerous pick to play. Uh, he's a spot. stud. He's a stud, man. And uh, let me see if I can fix this screen up so it look a little better. Nah, maybe we go right there. Something like that. Hmm. And uh yeah, Kendra Miller right there, 212. I like it. You have to snipe him. You sn- I he is a good player. I, I like Miller. I definitely like Miller. And I'm getting excited about him based off of what I'm hearing. And sometimes, like, you know, Brian Robinson was this this time last year, Brian Robinson was probably the least sexy prospect in yeah. the entire world. And now he's a fantasy asset. And I think Kendra Miller could absolutely have a similar career path. I hope he doesn't get shot in the ass, so that's not what I'm talking about. But I do think he can have a similar you know, career path as B-Rob. So, you know, great pick. You sandbagged me. Good move. Good move. I, I, I got sniped my, you a couple times. You got your revenge at the end. I got my, uh, I got my 2021 uh, TCU backfield there. Uh, I got <laughs> Zach Evans and Kendra yep. Miller. That's all, that's all yep. I got there. So, undrafted guys, Dalton Kincaid, Tucker Craft at tight end. Trey Palmer, Dontavian Wicks, and Xavier Hutchinson at uh, Ohio Iowa State. There, Dontavian was the one. He was the one I was going to go with right there at that pick, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> just because of the opportunity in New York. I think that that that's a lot of value. Uh, Tyja Spears at the one hundred and one going to the Giants as well as Michael Wilson one hundred and three to the San Francisco 49ers. and Marvin Mims going to Carolina to pair up with your boy DJ Moore mm-hmm. and Jameer Gibbs and Bryce Young. It's a very sneaky spot as well for him, but those are the guys that went undrafted. But here are the teams. You got Bijan, 
Mm-hmm. You get your two quarterbacks with C.J. Shroud, Bryce Young. You got Gibbs in there. So you got arguably the top two quarterbacks, arguably the top two running backs. And then you got Hendon Hooker as well. So you got a, you got a, a guy that can ride the pine for seven years and then play when he's 33. Uh, hey. You got Jalen Hyatt, Josh Downs, Jaden Reed, <clears throat> studs. <clears throat> and then, of course, you get the running backs. And on top of Gibbs, you got Devon A. Chain, Charbonneau. I like it. I like the build. And you fill, finish out with your speedster in Tank Dell. Mm-hmm. I went upside. That's what I did at quarterback. You said that early on. Yeah. Richardson, Will Levis. I got my PPR guy, Jackson Smith and Jigman at the top. That's where I like to aim and target. Jordan Addison's my overall number one wide receiver in this class. If he's about 10 pounds heavier, I like that. And then we finished it out a couple tight ends and a couple running backs. Matty Kiwum, we've been going for an hour and 15. You got any takeaways from this draft? Uh, what I would say is if you were game planning for this draft, like you traded for picks, you got the two, 102, 103. Game planning? But, game plan? Is there a show called? Is there a game? Is there a show? Oh, that called? guy sucks. That guy stinks. Is there a show no. called Game Plan on tomorrow? There is, baby. The Game Plan. We are coming at you tomorrow. I, you know, when we get to the plugs, I'll get to that because okay. I got a very special episode of the Game Plan tomorrow. But if you were also game planning and got two picks early, I would highly, highly recommend taking a Stroud or based on these landing spots, taking a Stroud and then taking a Richardson, taking a Levis. I think you want to parlay that because I'm I'm in a bunch of startups in which. You know, those early round picks have been fought over. I'm in a bunch of dynasty leagues where people were hoarding 23 first and they have, you know, the 103, the 105, the 102, the 104, whatever it is. And if you are in that situation, I would try to parlay that because I think that there's good floor plays and high ceiling plays. And I think Cody went ceiling, I went floor. But I think in an ideal world, you want one of each. I think you're right. I think you're 100% on. Um, and I think that's where I'm. I'm a little. I'm a little scared with this build. Exactly. Like if this was my team and we did a two man league or some shit like this, I would be a little, a little scared having Richardson and Levis because that's a lot of, a lot of upside. But it's also like a floor that is like through the basement and through the cardboard that's yeah. rotted and, and and asbestos on the floor. Like it's all it's shitty. It's yeah. bad. It can it can fall out quickly and it can be over uh, before you even blink. Whereas Stroud and Bryce Young have have a strong floor just because of their talent levels and. And opportunities and, and the teams they land on. So I don't know. I like this good draft, good takeaways. It was interesting to see Quentin Johnston fall to the the, the one twelve here. I didn't envision that one as well. Um, the second round, I think we have some good values in round two. To be honest mm. with you, though, I think if you look at the way all this landed, this amount of skill guys go in the first three rounds, which I think they usually do. Um, I think you're going to be happy with the Keishon Butte in round two, Roshan 203. This is what I'm saying. When you get past Jordan Addison, I'm totally cool trading out of the nine, the 10, the 11, and moving down to 201, 202, 203. Look at that. Josh Downs, Keishon Butte, Roshan Johnson, 201, 202, 203. I think mm-hmm. that's the game plan for rookie drafts right now uh, as far as as far as far like, you know, Maybe not your home leagues. Your home leagues, some of those guys are going to fall a little bit further. Like Roshan's going to be a fifth-round pick in home leagues. But we're talking sure. about some real industry leagues that you're in. you got to be looking at that 203, 202 spot. I think that's going to be the prime dollar bill if you're going to mm-hmm. trade down from round one into round two. So that's my biggest takeaway from this mock. No, you nailed it. If I have – I'm a li- I'm o- the only thing I'm going to differ here is I'm okay with Jalen Hyatt. Yeah. I like Hyatt. So after that, the 110 or, or worse, I am trying to kind of hoard second and yeah. even third round picks. Look at the guys we didn't draft. Mm-hmm. You know, those, they're still quality players. I mean, right now, like, let's say you have an early draft, an early rookie draft, and Tajay Spears, you take him now, and he, this is the landing spot. 
and Barkley jet sets. Jet, he, he's out of New York. All of a sudden, Tajay Spears would be probably the 106 in this in this draft. You know what I mean? Like he could shoot up. So there's a lot of talent. This is a super deep rookie draft. So I completely agree. If you've kind of got yourself outside of your top tier players, trade back, gather a couple assets, and take the shotgun approach. You know, really get that spread and get a bunch of players. I love it. I love it. Let's answer one question from the chat. We appreciate all of you guys for hopping in here tonight. Mm -hmm. It has been a great one. It's been a little long, but we appreciate you guys sticking with us throughout. Shout out to everybody in here. I'll give you guys a little uh, Ricardo, Connor, Charlie, Emmert, Frankie boy was in here. Mike Murray. Let's go. Mike Valverde. Shout out. Appreciate you. Snowman's in here. Joe Hebert. Spelled his last name wrong. Should be Herbert, JK. Um, <laughs> Ricardo Betos was in here earlier. Ball is life. Shout out to all of you guys for jumping in here in the chat. There's Absolutely. one question that I did see from Chev Vinny. How much better is Tank Dell than Calvin Austin? Because everyone seems to hate Calvin Austin. If you rewind 12 months, Calvin Austin was a hot topic coming out of the Senior Bowl, as is Nathaniel Tank Dell. Both guys skated on the turf down there at the Senior Bowl. Tank Dell, I can tell you from being in person for both practices for both weeks of Kelvin Austin and for Tank Dell, Kelvin Austin was a great separator. Tank Dell glides. Tank Dell moves. Tank Dell separates at an entirely different level. Kelvin Austin's awesome. Kelvin Austin is going to be a good receiver. He had uh, lower leg surgery this year. He's going to come back. He's going to kind of build his way up in this Pittsburgh offense. He's never going to be a superstar. Nathaniel Dell has superstar qualities. Nathaniel Dell glides different. When you watch Hollywood Brown, when you watch Tyreek Hill run, they all glide. They all run a little bit different. When I say glide, it's like you can – when you see it, you see it. And it's just a little different. It's just the way he plays. They're both very similar, like you said, very undersized. Very skinny, very slender, but just their movements is really what I can say is the difference between these two guys, and I would put Dell over Calvin. That's not recency bias. That's just straight up comparing week to week, comparing their practices a year ago to this last week. I think Tank Dell is much better than Calvin Austin, and uh, <clears throat> and I think I think Tank Tank Dell if he goes to Atlanta at this seventy sixth overall pick, it seems meh, but it's like. Drake London, Kyle Pitts, they're going to have a running game there. Like He's going to carve out a role. Do you have any mm -hmm. thoughts on Tank versus Calvin, Matty? I think my only thing I could add to what you're saying, because I completely am just going to kind of you know, defer the question to you because you were there for both practices, yeah. for both sessions of the Senior Bowl. So I'm going to kind of rely on your word. But what I would add is Calvin Austin got hurt in his rookie year. And when you're a fourth-round yeah. pick, that's really, really tough in your development. So I know it's not his fault, but it is what it is. You know, if he didn't get hurt, would they be looking at a guy like Jordan Addison in the first round? Probably not. Probably not. But now with his injury, they may go that route. And if they do, I mean, what are you going to take? The fourth receiver for the Steelers? Give me the, you know, the number two receiver for the Falcons over the number four receiver for small hand Kenny Pickett. There we go. There we go. All right, everybody. We appreciate you guys. You can find Maddie on Twitter at Maddie Kiwum. You can find me on Twitter at Carpenter NFL. Maddie, hit him with the plugs. Absolutely so. Trade gods each and every Thursday with my boy Jason All Wine. Make sure you hit that up. And the game plan is going on in the offseason. So absolutely tune in. We got a show going on this Saturday. And I got a very special guest. We got a super fun topic that we're breaking down taking over an orphan in dynasty 
Great topic, great guest. So make sure you tune into that. I got the fantasy supermarket coming out on playerprofile.com. Got TikToks coming out all the time on play on profiler underscore NFL. You know, just come rock with us. Player profiler is going to the moon and we ain't stopping there, boys and girls. Boom, boom, boom. And I got one thing. All I got is one thing to share, and that is the mock draft 3.0 that we just drafted through. You can go find that on playerprofiler.com. Up at the top, article section, boom, right there. NFL draft, top of the page. Click it, check it out. That has all the picks that we went through tonight and some. You can see Chicago Bears taking Jalen Carter. They got over $100 million in cap space. I got little write-ups for most of the first-round guys. All the way down to round two. And round three, you can check out what your team did. Oh, look, there's oh, Roshan. Guy. I drafted that guy. There's the guy oh, right baby. there. Roshan Johnson, baby. But that has been a draft. It's been a long night. It's been a good Friday night. Appreciate each and every single one of you guys in the chat for saying thank you, for sticking through with us for an hour and a half. Net, every single week. What day did we say we were going to do these? Midweek mocks, baby. Each and every Wednesday. Mocks with Maddie, Kiwoom, and Cody Carpentier on the Player Profile YouTube channel. Happen every single week. We're going to keep on rolling and maybe we'll have a few of you guys draft with us next time. Oh, but until then, we out you.